0: Hi, my name is Don Long.
1: And I'm Stephen Long.
0: We started this podcast to share our story and to share the broken path that many parents have taken when their son or daughter are incarcerated. These are the raw, naked truths that need to be told. This story is about loving your partner through the tough times in the relationships from couples that we are walking the path with and support from coaches and therapists
1: for the broken this is for the healing and redemption of a journey that helped us find the broken path.
0: good evening everyone welcome to another episode of loving through the broken path we have our guest today pam who has a master's degree in marriage and in family therapy and community counseling, pursuing her PhD in gerontology. Yes. Yeah. So welcome Pam to the show. Thank you. So Pam and I have met in one of our Facebook groups and she is actually working on a different, a lot of different things and she is actually working she is actually working on a study if I remember correctly. Tell me a little bit about what got you started in doing what you're doing and why you chose to get a master's in marriage and family therapy.
2: That's actually a long story. Uh, my, I was working in a factory, and I was going to school. I got an associate's degree in human services, and I was getting my bachelor's in human relations. And one of the girls I worked with was being abused, and her daughter kept running away. And she came to work one day, and she was very bruised up and crying, and her daughter ran away again. She had the leave work to go look for her. And the daughter was very young. So they she left and then she came back later. They have found her. The police have found her and brought her home. And she had left the daughter with the boyfriend and he was the one being abusive. And she said, I just don't know what to do. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. I said, what do you want your daughter to see when she looks at you? do you want her to see somebody who gets abused and takes it? Or do you want your daughter to see somebody who stands up for herself so that she'll know how to stand up for herself? I said, right now, she sees you being a punching bag and you're allowing it. And I said, so you have to decide what you want your daughter to see. And she says, well, what would I do? I said, well, the first thing is, you file a police report, you go to a shelter with your daughter, And you let them help you. They'll guide you on what to do. I said, I don't know all the particulars, but I know that much. So she left work. They knew what was going on. They were fine with it. She left work, went and got her daughter away from him because he was already starting to hit the daughter again. And she went to a shelter and she filed the police report and everything. Then I didn't see her for three days. Oh, what happened? You know, I had no contact with her she came back to work after three days and she came up and hugged me and she said, everything you said worked. He is out of our lives. He ever comes near us again. He goes back to prison where he had been in prison. And she said, I just, I can't believe you you made everything so clear without making me feel guilty. She said, did you ever think about becoming a counselor? (laughs) (laughs) And I hadn't. I really hadn't, I said, no, and I said, that's a master's degree. She said, you should. You should think about it, and we talked some more, and she convinced me I should become a counselor, so I looked into it, and there I am. (laughs) I got my master's degree in marriage and family therapy, and then I wanted to go on for a PhD, and at the time, I was working on a dementia unit, and I really liked older adults, and I was counseling a lot of family members on how to deal with the fact that their loved one, you know, was slipping away and didn't know who they were. And they didn't understand how to protect them. They didn't understand how to respond to them. So I learned as much as I could and then I would pass that information on to them. So that's kind of where it all meshes together. I would eventually like to counsel people on you know, things like that, or do advocacy work. I love advocacy work. Yeah.
0: And that is how we met is advocacy work. So we've met in a group that is United Voices for Sex Offense Reform. And you are actually starting a study to go along with that. So let's talk a little bit about that. What does that study look like?
2: So, my PhD is looking at the lived experiences of older women, so they have to be 50 years old or older, older women who are in a relationship with an incarcerated man. And the woman has to have been in the relationship before he was incarcerated. I'll be and they have to be at least a year into incarceration in the federal prison system. Yeah. And I'm thinking that how things have changed, like where they are now from where they were, how that dynamic has changed, but also what the future looks like, because I'm sure the future has changed no matter what the crime was. Once you do prison time, you're considered a felon And that changes drastically. A lot of things in the future that either were planned or that are open to you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and you're right. It's once you have that felony label, it is extremely hard to overcome that. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting that you're taking the knowledge that you currently have when it comes to counseling people. And then putting that together with people that have dealt with incarcerated loved ones. And not only that, but also dealing with the elderly and how to deal with the dimension. And it's, to me, it's a multifaceted because you're taking on a role that you're going to be able to say to the moms that have their loved ones, incarcerated sons or daughters that are in prison or husbands or boyfriends that are in prison that you're dealing with things as you're getting older. And some of these ladies may not see their loved ones before they pass on.
2: Right. That's very true. And that is a fear. And I mean, I'm, I'm a very Christian person. A lot of the things that I say come from my Christian background, but it's also just common sense stuff. I mean, you're going to have fears like that, and you need to be able to look at those and deal with them. We all have them, but some have them a little more prominently than others. You know, I, I would say somebody who's in their 40s has a better chance of seeing their... Child than somebody who's in their 80s. yeah <laughs> I mean it's just it's all relative, but it's it's all common sense, I
0: would yeah. say. It is. So let's dive a little bit into the marriage and the family counseling piece of it. And we have said earlier that you aren't licensed, but you do have the knowledge, you do have the background, plus you're working on a study that deals with people that have loved ones that are incarcerated. So some of the challenges that we have faced in our marriage is learning how to each leave each other to what they need to do to grieve, so to speak. And in that grief and in supporting each other, what are some of your recommendations, to couples that are married that are going through something like this.
2: So when I decided to do this, everybody was saying to me, well, how would you know what a parent is going through? Your child's not in prison. It doesn't matter. It it doesn't matter what the circumstances. What matters is the trauma situation that occurs and they're, they're all painful and your reaction to them. That's all that really matters. It doesn't matter what the situation is. So it doesn't matter if it's your, somebody goes to prison that you love or somebody dies that you love, or there's a war or you're caught in a gang crossfire. It doesn't matter. They're all trauma. So it, it matters how we react. And when you're in a partnership, you're no longer, it's no longer just about you. Now you're a team. And so something like this, and I use this as an example, when your parents and your child goes to prison, you've got to be on the same page. So you've got to sit down and discuss how you're going to view this. What lens are you going to use together? Because if one of you is all for getting in there and shouting from the rooftops that your son is innocent and you're going to do advocacy and you're going to put yourself out there and the other one saying, no, shh. I don't want anybody to know. You're going to have problems. You need to get on the same page with that and decide how you're going to handle it with family, friends, strangers, how much you're going to get involved in that. And also, how much are you blaming the person who's in prison? I always say, and, and I raise my kids this way, dislike the behavior, love the child. So Whether they're guilty or not, it doesn't even matter. You're a parent, you have unconditional love. That's just the way it is, or it should be. And so I would say, no matter whether it's their fault or not, you're going to give them that unconditional love. Let's just have that as a premise up front. So what does that look like? Well, the two of you have to decide what does that look like? Does that mean you're going to show them tough love and not support them through this? Or are you going to do everything you can? You know, how many letters are we going to write? Are we going to have correlates? Are we going to give them money for the commissary? Are we going to send them books? You have to decide where that line is between the two of you. You know, one might want to do more than the other. And if you can't be on the same page, you're going to fight between the two of you. Yeah. That's not going to be helpful.
0: No, no, it's not. And that's some of the challenges that I've seen with couples so far is, and I'm sure you've seen it in some of the groups too as well, where the other spouse will sit there and say, well, I'm sending like $300 a month and the other spouse is going like, "We, we can't be doing that but Mm -hmm. yet they'll send that $300 a month that they honestly really can't afford to send. Right. So you're right. Being on the same page is important. Mm
2: -hmm. And also how are you going to handle the grief that comes with it? Because it is a grieving process. Any trauma has a grief component to it. And, you know, at one point one could be in the, Acceptance stage and the other ones in the anger stage. Well, that's not going to go over well So you've got to learn to go through that process together as a unified couple Or that could break you apart too.
0: Yeah Yeah, and we learned through that. Did we not? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah Yeah, it
2: really is about strength in unity and yeah, I mean, everybody's heard that there's safety in numbers and strength in unity. It's so true because you're not on the same page. You are not going to, you're going to be pulling in opposite directions. Okay. And the only way to navigate any type of trauma is to be on the same page, be going in the same direction, to have the same goals.
0: Yeah. I, I know for us, I had to let him deal with his anger when when this episode gets released, our first episodes will be released before it. And we talked a little bit about that, about our differences and how we handled that.
1: Yeah. In the beginning, I did, I admit, I did not handle it well. Like you said, it was, it was a grieving process. And it was an anger process at the same time. Right. Right. I was I was basically angry at everybody. I was angry at him, the system, her. I wanted someone to blame and there really wasn't anyone to blame, including him. I mean, yeah. B- because of what he had gone through in the past and yeah, I was.
2: Well, I think that's a crucial component, too, is there's a tendency to need to place blame somewhere. So if you can't do it with the kid and you can't do it with the system, you're going to look at each other and go, hmm, maybe you should have been a better fill in the blank. Yeah. And that, too, can rip families apart because. Oftentimes, it's nobody's fault. It may just be the system. Know, maybe, the, maybe they're innocent.
1: That was the conclusion I had to come to because I knew Dawn and I have been married for 30 years.
2: Wow, congratulations.
1: And <laughs> we, we raised three sons. And I know what their background, their, their upbringing was so i knew in my heart that i couldn't blame her and i shouldn't blame myself although i did
0: mm-hmm.
2: well it's easy it's easy to shift I mean, the blame to yourself
0: yeah the woulda coulda shouldas, is what i call it
2: yeah. and, and you can't live there because
0: mm-hmm.
2: you have no idea unless and uh, maybe you are maybe you can see the future And knew if you took a different path, things would have been different. But we don't know that. The majority of people do not know that. You cannot say for certain, well, if I'd have done this, then this would have happened. You don't know that. You have
0: no proof of that. Don't
2: put yourself
0: through that. Yeah. And I see a lot of moms and dads doing that.
1: Well, I Mm -hmm. I, I did for a long time. and, And like I said in the first episode, during that grieving/anger period which lasted for over a year i dropped from probably 192 pounds or so down to 148 149 pounds and i i mean i didn't even realize it till one day I stand up to walk, and I've got my belt tight, and I'm tightening, and I'm tightening, and my pants are still falling off of me. And you know, it it was it, it was difficult, but uh,
2: of course. that I, is a I, difficult thing. It's trauma, and we react to trauma in different ways, and that's the other thing you got to be careful of because you're both going to react differently, and you have to be able, like you two have been married. 30 years, you weathered a lot of storms, you know how each other thinks, you're very in tune with each other. Somebody who's only been together, you know, 20 years might not have that. They might not be at the place where you are or if, you know, it's one person's son in their blended marriage or whatever. And so they haven't been together that long. They're not going to react the same. And if it's not your child, it's going to be way different than if, if it is your child. So there's that dynamic, too, in our blended families today. So there's so many things to consider. I mean, and my, I really think when people go through this, they should find someone to talk to. Because even if you're just venting your feelings and you can do it separately, you know, somebody from outside of your marriage give you perspective on what you maybe are not seeing. Yeah. What you're inventing, you know, because it's easy to do.
0: Yeah. And that's one of the blessings I've had with ladies and finding the support group. So, for those of you that are listening, if you are not in some sort of support group, I highly recommend that you join. There are many of us out there. We have mothers of incarcerated sons. We have the United Voices for Sex Reform. We have so many groups out there that just even a couple years ago didn't exist. The one that was ran by April Finney, and I apologize, April, if I got your last name wrong, because I think I just did. But (laughs) (laughs) she started that group right after we had met with Tasha Mills, which is a documentary called Unheard Voices. And Tasha is working on getting mom's voices out there because moms are the least heard voices in the incarcerated mess that we have because it's literally what it is. We have 2.3 million of our sons and daughters currently incarcerated. And I thoroughly believe that over 75% of that could change because of the mental health system that we have. We have a really great mental health system, but what we don't have is we don't have the ability to get these people that help to the mental health system. And those are those challenges. So we sort of fill in those gaps with the support groups Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: Like Pam said, I highly recommend you go talk to somebody. Even if it's through your company at work, a lot of companies have a program in place to where you can get four to five free sessions. It is totally anonymous. Your employer does not know that you called them. If you don't have a company that does that, fight for that because that is a great resource. I know Lowe's is called Calm. I can't remember what Walmart's is. I used to work for the largest retailer in the world. They have that. Utilize that, because those are the things that will help you get through and talk to people like Pam. Mm -hmm.
2: That's true. And, And there's even now, because of COVID and everything, there's a lot of therapists online that you can Zoom with or Skype or whatever. And they don't charge very much because they're not doing an office visit. So they're just charging for their time. And it's really inexpensive when you consider what you're getting out of it.
0: Yeah. And so as we get ready to wrap up, I always ask what is one good takeaway that you can give our listeners and especially to the parents out there and the ones that might be struggling in their marriage a little bit.
2: Well, I like what you said about joining the group. Almost every prison has its own group. Like I know there's a Butner group and a Yazoo city group. And I don't know, but I think every prison are just about, and if there isn't one, start one because it's a need. And also whatever your crime is, there should be probably a group for that. Whether it's, you know, there's caution click or child pornography. There's, I'm sure there's other there besides United Voices. There's FAC Florida action committee. That's about the registry. So whatever your needs are, there's probably a group out there for you. And beyond that though, I, the biggest thing that I and I can't stress it enough, sit down and talk to each other. Because you two in your marriage are gonna become your newest best friends again. Because you have a common enemy and that is this person. Or or any trauma that you suffer. That's gonna be your common enemy. And in yeah. order to defeat that enemy and get through that trauma, you're gonna to have to do it together. Yeah. And you will come out the other side stronger and more in tune with each other if you do that.
0: Definitely. There's a whole lot to learn from that. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to the podcast. To help us grow, please leave a review on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. You can also find us on Facebook.
1: And remember, you are not alone on this broken path and you are supported and